And now joining me here on the Full Court Press, it's our privilege, it's our pleasure and our honor to have an Aggie legend with us is Tyler Newbold. Tyler, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. Doing well. I I'm, I'm, uh, appreciate you having me on. Hey, uh, Tyler, I got to ask you, starting off with this, they spent, let's see, it's November 22nd, they spent nearly 13 days on the road on an East Coast trip. Did you ever have a long road trip where you spent that long on the road? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think I. I don't think when I was playing, we ever had one that long. That's uh, that's crazy. They're probably packing all their clothes, like uh, everything they got, right? Like that's uh, that's wild. I, I remember a couple, you know, like I think maybe you know seven or eight day eight dayers, but you know, almost two weeks. That's uh, that's that's wild. So how <laughs> does that work? Do you playing so well at the end of that too? So how does that work? Do you guys have like have your equipment managers do the laundry then, or like I mean, how do you pack up for something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, for every road trip, you're going to have your uh, kind of have your equipment managers and and guys that help out the team. You know, pack pack all the bags and everything else. But then you got all your practice gear you're packing too, and and, and that. And obviously, you don't have unlimited amounts, right? And so um, you've got your uh, your team managers and, and director of operations kind of helping with that, but um, they, they, I'm sure they have guys scrambling, uh, you know, to try to wash all the practice gear after practices and, you know, wash the game gear. A lot of the times those tournaments, you're, you're, you know, if you're in a white Jersey, you might be playing in the, the white Jersey the next day. Right. So you got to go get those things washed that night, right after the game and have them ready for the next day. So it's, it's definitely a stressful thing for those team managers to make sure that, uh, they got, they got all those, uh, uh jerseys and practice gear ready to go so that, First of all, everybody's not you know uh, smelling bad, but uh, second of, second of all, everybody is looking good and, and ready to go. So, uh, Tyler, I remember after the UC Davis loss, I, if I remember, you had sent out some kind of a tweet saying like it's it's one loss, it's you know they're going to be able to put things. You were just so positive about the team, despite the yeah, the rest of Aggie world just thinking the sky was falling and the world was crashing down on them. I, and you've been through seasons where. I mean, where maybe things kind of got off to a rough star or you guys had a rough patch. What was the pro- thought process you maybe think there was for the Aggies after they started off 0-1 and then had a tough stretch coming up on the East Coast? Yeah, you know, it, it was it was interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I After that game, I, was, I had pain in, in my heart like every Aggie fan, right? But um, it, you kind of have to look at it from a, a point of view of, of where, where we're at, right? Like we're we're coming off uh, a couple of years where we've had, you know, we've had Sam and, and, and Mimi, um, a couple of NBA guys that uh, have, you know, transformed the program and, and uh, elevated us to where we're at now. And, you know, you have Craig Smith leave and we have a new coach come in and, and lots of moving pieces, uh, new guys, new transfers and lots and lots of talent. Um, I mean, I could tell from, from that first game, even though they lost, they didn't play well. You could tell they're, they, there was a ton of talent on the team, right? Like just a, a lot of smart guys, a lot of talent. They didn't play well that night. Um, but I, I kind of looked at it as, look, it's, it's the very first game. Obviously they, they should have still won that game. They played bad, but I, I kind of looked at it from a point of view of, of seeing the talent that was out there at every position and, uh, and allow, you know, I, I just knew that, you know, as they were able to play more and more together, practice more and more, um, especially with the guys they have on that team and the leadership they have, that I I knew that they were going to be fine. So um, I don't know if I knew that they were going to you know run off four straight and win that tournament, but 
um, I'm glad they glad they have. They're playing great now, and hopefully they can can uh, keep it up uh, you know, over the next few weeks. I I was amazed, and I knew we all knew how good Justin Bean would be, and how good of a ball player he is. But what he's doing right now in regards of defense and offensive work, what have you seen out of it from your basketball perspective? What have you seen out of Bean that maybe a lot of us maybe don't see that impresses you? Oh man, that's that's a that's a great question. I think I think it's just understanding of 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 how to play the game. Like he's just got such a good feel for when to be aggressive with his his shot and when to um make you know make the extra pass and when to set you know set the right screen at the right angle for the right guy at the right time. Like he's just he's just the epitome of of a team basketball player, but the, the the crazy thing is is you kind of think about him and and even from you know his very beginning um, time at Utah State I mean he obviously had a a very unique motor and ability to rebound the basketball that that not a lot of people have and, and just being able to be relentless to the the glass um, and being able to clean up the glass which he still has obviously <laughs> um, but you combine his his motor and his work ethic and kind of what he came to Utah State with initially, you combine that, and he still has that, and he's gotten even better at it, but you combine that now with four years of skill development where he's just gotten so much better skill-wise, being able to shoot the basketball, being able to to uh, dribble the basketball, being able to create his own shot a little bit, and being able to understand how to use his own body to get his shot off. I mean, it's it's really it's really quite impressive what he's done, and the numbers he's putting up are just, are just insane. One of the, I don't know if you remember, um, a guy, one of the rebounds or rebounders I've, I've, I played against that I remember was just a, an insanely good rebounder is, uh, his name was Kenneth Fareed. You, you'll probably oh, remember yeah. him, but, um, he reminds me a lot of him as a, as a rebounder. Um, but obviously the, the, the points he's putting up and the ability to shoot, you know, that he's added to his game. It's, it's quite impressive what he's done each year to, get to this point where now as, as a senior, I mean, he's obviously um, putting up, you know, some, some insane numbers that is getting, you know, national attention right now, which is pretty cool for him, but such a good kid and, and uh, couldn't be happier, more, you know, more, couldn't be happier, more for him. I should say he's just such a great representative of the program too. And, and uh, you know, a lot of guys, especially young guys should look up to him for how hard he plays. And, and uh, I have an eight year old son that's just getting into basketball and I just keep telling him, dude, you know, Easton is his name, and I tell him, Easton, just even when Justin Bean doesn't have the ball, just watch what he does. Watch how he plays, and that's what you want to, you know, what you want to kind of do as a, as a player is learn for, from guys like that that just that are just grinders, right? And then just know how to play, and he's gotten himself so much better with the work he's put in, and, and it's paying off in big ways for him right now. Uh, Rylan Jones would have been Stu Morrill's maybe favorite player. The kid leaves the Mountain West Conference and charges him by a long way. It's not even close. How impressed are you when you watch Rylan and his willingness to uh, put his body on the line on the defensive side of the ball the way he does? I love it. I love it. I mean, a lot of, um, you know, if, if anybody remembered uh, when I played up there, which is, I can't believe it's been almost 10, 10 11 years <laughs> ago now, which time flies, but. Um, I loved playing defense, right? I loved, you know, to guarding the other team's best player and 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 trying to draw charges and just trying to trying to play physical and 
and that dude Ryland, he 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 is that right. Like he just he plays hard. He he knows how to use his his uh, you know short body. He's not a big guy, right? But he understands how to play basketball, and I think a lot of that comes from just growing up in the gym around his dad. That's obviously you know he used to coach at Utah State and has coached at various places, but. Um, he just understands how to play basketball and understands it in a in a much deeper level than most guys most guys do, and it shows up on the court. Um, you know, you kind of find in situations when you know in key spots when he has the ball in his hand, you know, more often than not, he's going to make a good play, make the right play, get it to where it needs to be. Um, and then obviously defensively, you know, he's not the the quickest or most athletic guy in the world, but he's athletic enough and he's smart enough to know how to how to play and. and drawn those charges obviously he's not going to block many shots so doing that and getting the turnover that way is is something he's been amazing at and uh yeah i hope he keeps doing it it's it's uh it's a huge deal that's going to you know keep paying dividends as the season goes on as he as he keeps doing that for the team brock miller had 16 points on four or 10 shooting from three he's he's been a little bit in of a slump i mean it, it kind of started from last year after the back uh iced up on him after uh or i guess just before the boise state series uh, for great shooters like you, Tyler, who maybe had those slumps every now and then, uh, what is the advice you would give Brock, who maybe went through those same slumps, actually probably even worse than you did? Uh, what do you tell a kid like that in, 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 in who's a pure shooter like he is? Oh, man. I, I, I would just say, I would just say he he's put in the work, right? Like, he he's obviously a grinder in a very similar way to, to, to some of the other guys on the team. Um, you can tell he puts in the work. You can tell he's, you know, he shoots a ton of, of jump shots, tons of threes. And I would just tell him, you just got to keep, just got to keep shooting the ball. Um, you know, even if he's been in the slump, I mean, he, the thing I loved about that, that Oklahoma game is, you know, even if he has been in somewhat of a slump or hasn't maybe shot it as well as he would have liked up to this point of the season, which, you know, it's still early, obviously he hit, you know, and he was, did not hesitate at all uh, with those, with those two big threes he hit in that game, which were obviously crucial for the opportunity to win that, uh, that championship. And so I love that he continues to fire away. If this team wants to you know continue to get better and if they want to potentially be a, an NCAA tournament team this this year, then um, they need him. Like they need him to continue to 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 bury threes and to be aggressive shooting shooting the ball because that's going to open it up for other guys um, and allow you know your your top scoring guys more space to be able to operate. So that's one thing I do think is unique about this team that we haven't seen in in the past you know two or three years is you know everybody on the team one through five at a lot of times can can shoot the ball um and extend the defense and it allows guys you know lanes to drive and things of that nature but um to answer your question keep shooting the ball brock you're a great shooter i don't care if you've missed you know four or five in a row if you if you have an open shot you need to fire that thing because um you know it's it's going to pay off you know more often than not and and he's going to you know catch fire in a lot of games too so how impressive is how impressive is it to watch brandon horvath for his size, dribble the ball up and down the court and just how smooth he looks. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, you know, obviously him coming from, um, UM, UMBC. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch much of their basketball games, right? Like the only game I've ever seen them play is that, that, that Virginia game. They played in the NCAA tournament that one year, but so I don't know, you know, obviously didn't know much about him at all. Um, uh, but he has been, you know, he's fantastic, right? I mean, he's, 
talk about a, a modern day center who can you know stretch the floor and shoot the ball and and to your point, I I, I kind of I had heard through the grapevine he could shoot um, and, and was a good good shooter, but uh, pleasantly surprised with his athletic ability, his ability to put the ball on the on the deck and, and drive and move around and and create his own shot a little bit. Um, obviously, he put um, I forget the name of the center um, from uh, Oklahoma, but he wasn't he was more you know quicker than him, and he was able to get by him at times. Um, and put a lot of stress on Oklahoma's defense because, uh, you know, if you have a center that's that big that can move and drive and, and dribble like that, um, it creates a lot of problems for, for the other team, which uh, it definitely did for Oklahoma at times, which was huge. And so he's been awesome. I, I know he got banged up a lot in that tournament, and he just kept kept playing and kept grinding. And I'm sure he had a a, a good ice bath after that last uh, last game, but He's been awesome, and and he's been a, a definitely a pleasant addition to to the team for sure. Aggie basketball legend Tyler Ubel joins us here on the Full Court Press. They have about what three, four transfers coming in. Uh, you add on Ryland Jones as well, and a couple of recruits and such. How hard can it be? Because you saw guys come and go. How hard can it be after losing stars like Sam and Nimi back to back years to try to replace those guys with transfers coming in? And a new coach as well. That that can't be easy. No, I mean <laughs> it can't, it, and it's 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 literally impossible, right? Like you <laughs> you lose you lose a guy like uh, Kata um, to the to the NBA. You lose a guy like Sam to the NBA. Those are those are guys that are going to be you know on the on the upper echelon of Utah State basketball, you know, forever um, in regards to to players and and, and players that way. So. You're, you're, it's impossible to replace them, um, but what they've done has has been fantastic to be able to um, first off bring in bring in a great coach. I mean, I I I, I love what Coach Odom's doing. Um, I, I I love his you know his staff has has been fantastic so far, and and they're just ready to grind. They're ready to they're ready to go and, and bringing in the right guys. Um, you don't, you don't want to put too much pressure on one guy because it's, you can't replace those guys. You really can't. But what you can do is instill confidence in every one of those guys that is back and those new transfers and telling them and helping them understand what they're capable of and what the team is capable of come, you know, with, uh, all of their efforts combined. And the ceiling is still plenty high, um, you know, for, for the team with all the talent that they still have. And so, um, it's, it's been impressive what they've done so far. Um, I hope they continue to, to, uh, you know, grind and continue to, to, to get better and better. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll be definitely be a, a continue to be a fun year as, as they, uh, and, and see how they can continue to get better. Cause the reality is, is they've, they've played great so far. Um, you know, with obviously the one hiccup at the very beginning, but they're still so new as a team, you know, uh, still so fresh, still so many new guys. And so the opportunity for them to get better um, is, you know, is even more so than, than just, uh, than just any, you know, team coming back with a, with a lot of returners. So it's uh, an interesting dynamic, but I, they, you know, they've done a fantastic job on bringing in the right guys and mixing them in with all the new, you know, new recruits, as well as the, the existing uh you know, staples with Bean and, and Brock, um, and uh, just really have a good a good mix of guys to, to be able to go and, and make it tough on other teams. And again, it doesn't help that they spent twelve days on the road with each other. Tyler, what kind of <laughs> what? How can a long road trip like that 
I mean, even eight days for you guys, how can that help a team come together? It's huge, right? Like one of the things I, I look at about, you know, remembering from my career, you remember the games and you remember you know, certain pivotal moments of big games, but the thing you really cherish and you really remember is the the relationships that you had off the court. And a lot of those things are developed when you're, you know, away from home and it's just, you know, it's just you and your teammates and you're, you're out there on the road and it's just you and, and um, you're with them, you know, so, so much um, the ability to, to learn about each other more from just a, you know, from a friendship angle and things outside of basketball and learning about each other's families. Like, I think that's one of the things that really helped uh, the teams I was on was just learning about each other, you know, off the court and, and learning about each other's families and learning about each other's lives and what they've done in the past. And obviously being you know, around each other 24 seven for, you know, 13 days straight, um, that's going to help them you know, become, become closer as a team. You know, you get the sense, especially with this, you know, this team that they really like each other. And, um, you know, it's only, it's only going to bring them together more. Obviously winning helps too <laughs> to bring guys together, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pivotal. It's key. And it's something that they'll, you know, they'll look back 10 years from now when, when they're done and, and, um, cherish forever those times that they're able to spend with their teammates on the road. It's, it's really fun, really fun time for them. So. As an alumni and one of the great basketball players in Utah State basketball lore, has Coach Odom, does he stay in contact with you guys? Does he reach out? Does he invite you to practices and such? Or how's that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, that's one thing I've been really impressed with this staff. And I, I don't know what the experience has been like with um, you know other basketball alumni, but um, I've gotten re- reached out to several times by um, several members of, of the new coaching staff. And you know, invited me up to practice and, and I haven't been able to actually go to a practice yet. I'm, I definitely am going to, and I'd love to take my, my sons to a, to a practice as well, but so I'm going to definitely take them up on the offer sometime soon, but um, they've definitely reached out several times, made a few phone calls. And, um, you know, even though I had, you know, we don't know them at all they're they've done a great job of, of uh, connecting, you know, with the community as well as, you know, past, you know, basketball alumni and, um, I think that's huge, uh, you know, especially at a place like you know USU in the community there to to kind of build that up and and uh, create that family atmosphere that I you know I think everybody wants to have within uh, a successful program. So I I've been nothing but impressed with those guys. I think they're doing a, a really great job and um, you know really appreciate you know all the all the hard work they're putting in to you know continue to build off of what we've uh, what we've got. Right, Craig Smith did a great job and. Um, you know, there's coach Odom definitely didn't have the cupboards empty when he got here, but he's taken what, you know, what, what was left to him and kind of mixed in what some of his own flavor and his own, his own design and brought up some of his own players. And it's, it's been, it's been awesome to see what what they've done so far. So I'm excited about the, about the future for sure. One more question for you, Tyler. You've been so generous with your time, but you played in some really tough conference basketball, really, really good conference basketball. Mount West Conference is shaping up to be one of the, if not the best, outside P5 conferences with Colorado State. San Jose State looks really good. Uh, Boise, I, all the list goes on and on, San Diego State included. What kind? How does that preseason schedule help you get ready for a tough conference schedule? Um, it's it's. Does it help big. at all? I mean, I. 
Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. sorry. Does that help at all, though? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it does. I think it does. To um, it, it's important to to test yourself in the non-conference. I honestly, I mean, I I went back to when I was playing. I feel like I feel like there was at times I feel like we would have you know tested ourselves a little more um, in in our non-conference uh, uh, schedules. Um, but I, but I think it is, I think it is good to, to, to get, you know, play different types of teams or, you know, different structures, different ways that they go about things, uh, play different, different teams from different conferences, because that's just going to prepare you, you know, for, for your, for your conference play. I mean, when, once you get to conference play, they, the teams have got you scouted so, so well that, um, you know, if you haven't tested yourself a little bit in the non-conference and played different types of teams and different types of, uh, you know, uh, uh, structures of, you know, within, within the teams you're playing, it's, it's, you're not going to be as ready. And I think with, especially in the mountain West conference, you've got so many different teams and different styles, you know, everything from air force and what they do to, you know, uh, UNLV and just the run and gun that they have. I mean, it's just, there's so many different styles that the conference has. And yes, the, the, the conference this year is, is a, is a juggernaut. I think it's going to be a, a fun year to kind of see what happens and um, everybody's going to kind of beat each other up a little bit, I'm sure. But um, the way the non-conference is going and hopefully the way the Mountain West can keep you know, winning some big games, hopefully that will allow the, the league to have, you know, who knows, hopefully we can get, you know, two, three or four teams in, into the, into the tournament. That would be, that would be awesome. So we're on our way to doing that as long as, uh, you know, <laughs> the conference keeps doing well because uh, it's been, it's been really good so far. Tyler, you're one of the best. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you having on our show. Thanks for taking the time to do so. Uh, make sure you stop uh, inside the spectrum and come say hi to us. Yeah, definitely will. I'm excited to you know, hopefully get up to to a game soon. And uh, there's nothing better than the, the spectrum in the winter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tyler, you're the yeah. best. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks, Roger. I appreciate your time. All right.